Hello, Carl and our special guest, Tom Stockman. How's the Carolinas, Tom? Oh, the Carolinas are beautiful, actually. I love driving through the mountains. Why wouldn't they be beautiful? It's better than driving to Des Moines or <laughs> That's the worst drive in the world. Oh, yeah, I would think that, yeah. Well, my sister lives in uh, across from Charlotte, North Carolina, in South Carolina, and it is pretty. We'll talk to our guest Tom Stockman in a second. We'll talk Onward next, and then The Invisible Man around minute 11, plus The Lodge and Seabird around minute 17, Portrait of a Lady on Fire around minute 24, Greed, The Hunt, what's coming up and what's on DVD around minute 36. Around minute 47, we'll talk about the dueling sky views. And then The Office, a musical parody around minute 58. And then the French Film Festival that's coming in town around one hour and two minutes. Well, we're going to talk new movies and old movies and what's going on in our neck of the St. Louis woods. Uh, Let's talk about the number one movie of the weekend that it will be. Disney Pixar's new Onward. I mean, coming up weekend. Yes. But if you weekend. guys reviewed Invisible Man, which was the number one movie of we, the we, Well, we didn't, but we're going to let you talk oh, about okay. it. We're going to let you talk about that. But before, we, we, I didn't let's, see Onward. Let's, I know. We, you were, your daughter was doing lacrosse. Uh, exactly. All right. So, Lynn, we yes. had very low expectations. The thing I was looking forward most to in Onward was mm-hmm. seeing the Simpsons short because it's uh, Maggie Simpson falls in love. And then we didn't get to see it. Which is very upsetting because now we're going to have to make an effort to see it because usually those shorts are not only nominated for Oscars, but like but the last Simpsons short was. Good. Very good. And um, the last Simpsons short was nominated for an Oscar. And this is the first time a non Disney property, even though Fox is owned by Disney is going up in front. Normally, Pixar does a short before their own films. This time they said, hey, how would you like The Simpsons to be your uh, lead in? Mm-hmm. And they said, absolutely. So corporate synergy worked, and it would have been great, but we didn't get to see it, even though other markets got to see it, but we did not. Uh, Onward is a story about uh, a pair of brothers whose father has passed away and on the younger son's birthday uh the younger son being played by tom holland the older son being played by chris pratt and their mother their mother julia louis dreyfus uh the best thing about uh down hell yeah the only good thing about that movie but she's playing their mother and they have a present from their father who died like right after the younger son was born right and they just say he got sick that's all they said and the voices are chris pratt and tom holland and it's opposites brothers elf brothers right oh yeah this is a world of magic yeah and it's a modern fantasy world although it, it's it's like if dungeons and dragons they they say at the very beginning the the characters and everyone in Dungeons and Dragons got lazy and they figured out electricity was a better way to create light than having to create magic to create light. So they have all the modern contrivances of our world in a magical world. But magic still exists in the world. It's just they're too lazy to do it because magic takes work, which is an interesting it's an interesting concept. So uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, the younger son, turns 16 and he gives... He's given a present because when both boys turned 16, the father left something for them. And he gets, as we've seen in the trailers, he gets to become corporal for one day and and hang out with his boys because he wanted to see how his boys grew up. Something goes wrong. One of the 
something happens. The older brother can't perform the spell, and the younger brother just says it offhandedly. Both brothers needed to be there together to complete the spell, so they only have half of a dad. It's like if you are in a, a if you like playing those fantasy games, and your daughter did explain things she to did. me, but. If you don't know anything about these fantasy games, Dungeons and Dragons, then it is going to lose you in the middle, and it's very draggy in the middle. I think it's too dense. I don't know what kind of audience this is for little kids because no. they're going to be scared. Right? Uh, there, there. Uh, who uh, Octavia Spencer plays the the. The hotel innkeeper, the lioness innkeeper. with wings. She's a manicure. That's a that's a real thing. In Wait, how does the dad get cut in half again? Uh, they're they have to bring him. He's not cut in half. They're forming him back from uh, uh, magic, and they only they start at the toes and end at the waist. Which, as I said to Max, who hated the movie by the way, hated every single thing about it. Uh, give the bottom half to the mom for the next twenty four hours, and then let let them relive their. Uh, Make a new brother. So, no, but she's got a new boyfriend who's a centaur, who is a police officer. Which doesn't really work, those centaurs in the modern uh, thing. It's just, yeah. Well, but, but that, this is a Pixar movie that does not feel like a Pixar movie. It feels like it's from Illumination or it feels like it's from Sony. It doesn't, because each Pixar film has a Pixar-ishness about mm -hmm. it. You can tell, even though Monsters University is garbage, you can tell that it is a Pixar Pixar film. Even though Good Dinosaur was the worst of the of the Pixar films, you know that it is still a Pixar film. This is the first movie of what now? 15, 20-ish that doesn't feel like a Pixar film. No. It it and has it does have its moments where you go, "Oh, and Lynn cried because Pixar movies make her cry." Yeah, and it has a, you know, the bromance between the brothers. And it, no, no, it does. It does have some very moving moments. Pixar does know how to tell a story, but this one does not. It it doesn't measure up to a Pixar movie. No, and Chris Pratt and Tom Holland try really hard, and the voices are good. Mm -hmm. But I just found it very dense and overstuffed, and I don't know why they had to put as much in if. If you're going to explain things, you know, like the world is full of wonder and look at all these things. And then you have a bunch of mumbo jumbo spells and crystals and mm -hmm. and uh, things don't work because you didn't do this or you didn't do that. It's too much information to process, especially if you're going for the kids. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, you can do that. Uh, also, uh, John Rastenberger is barely in the movie because he's he he's in every single Pixar film. Uh, Mel Rodriguez plays the plays the boyfriend, and Ali Wong and Lena Waithe they have they have uh, cameos as other police officers, and that's basically the entire cast. We told you everybody in the entire cast. The first gay character in a Dix, in a in a Disney movie. Yeah, there's a Freudian slip there. <laughs> <laughs> What you lean said. away? I said in a dick. Uh, I, I I know what you I know what you said, and I know what you meant. Oh, I know that he's baiting we can get you. To that he's doing in very a well. Portrait at of it. a lady on fire. But it it's it it does have its moments. It feels a lot longer than the hour and forty minutes that it is. But if they it actually would be better if they cut out ten minutes of it and made it a nice tight ninety minutes. I agree with you, Lynn, that the middle drags because they're on a quest and they have to get to 
and but they have to trust each other to go on the quest and you know. my daughter liked it max hated every single thing about it but my daughter loves playing dungeons and dragons because i guess that's a thing now for teenagers again and so she in fact it made her want to listen to one of her old campaigns and it made her want to play dungeons and dragons but it did not make her want to watch onward again which, what about, um, she explained to me that the gelatinous cube that's in the movie They is have to give Wizards of the Coast credits okay. for the gelatinous cube because they ta- uh, keep talking about it, and that's an actual thing in the games. Wizards of the Coast. They mentioned that yeah, a couple but, times. They had another thing, too. See, it just loses me. When you start talking the spells and the crystals, and this, this is the reason why this happens, and this is the reason why this won't happen, and this is the reason why this, and that. But I did like the brother relationship. They're very stereotypical like uh chris pratt's character is this big oaf and who he can't do anything he can't right do anything right and he doesn't and he drives this really beat up van guinevere. called guinevere and then tom holland's the shy skinny that i don't get a 16 yeah. 16 year old has zero friends he's like oh my 16th birthday i'm gonna start i'm gonna talk to people and invite them to my party they know who he is at school they they have this scene where he's trying to talk to it's not he's just trying to talk to girls he's trying to talk to anybody and they my daughter did say she did like the continuity where uh they had the thing about Guinevere and the thing about the splinter, which I knew was going to come back into it. She liked that part of the film, but there were things that they set up at school because now after the after the quest, he gets confidence. He doesn't. They don't build on that. They he had this crappy home, school life, and then they just abandoned that story unless they were trying to make it shorter. And then so it's a jumble of like Transformers and King Arthur, and it's set in Scotland because their names are Barley and Ian. Uh huh. It's, I'm glad I missed it. Well, because this sounds like something I would. But do. you know what? When Soul comes out in June, this is one of the few years yeah. that uh, Pixar has. that Pixar has too. And the last time they did, it was Good Dinosaur and Finding Dory. So hey, yeah, and Pete Doctor is right. in charge of. Well, Pete Doctor is um, in charge of everything now. So yeah, he was but a, Soul is his baby. Okay. And Inside Out was about his daughter, and Up was about his grandparents. So, so so there. Yeah, so you so know, we just have high hopes. That that but it will be the number one movie this weekend. And now Tom, tell us about the number one movie last weekend. Is it a is it a remake or a reboot no. of Invisible Man or is I'm, it just it just share, shares the title? Well it's about an invisible man, but it has very little to do with the nineteen thirty two. Claude Rains or, or the H. G. Wells novel. Except the guy turns invisible. Besides that, it's really basically told through the eyes of his girlfriend Elizabeth Moss uh, Elizabeth Moss and she uh, she's in an abusive relationship so she spends the first 10 minutes escaping from this boyfriend they never explain why she couldn't have just escaped when he was on a business trip or she has to somehow flee this fortress house that he has it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but he's this brilliant optics scientist who has created this suit in the original Invisible Man in the original Invisible Man movie it, he was a he drank Scientists. a potion. Yeah. 
and in the in the potion just sort of slowly drove him insane as he as he was invisible he became more and more crazy and this one he's just kind of a big jerk and so we be, so he wears this suit that's made up of hundreds of tiny little camera lenses that I, they don't explain it but it's very similar to the car yes. in the one Pierce Brosnan Bond movie where there was the invisible car right and, and they actually because take time to explain how that invisible car works because it's it gives it takes the mirrors around it's just yeah. like how Chevy does and GM does with their they have the trailer and they can make the camera look so there's not a trailer behind you. Yeah, so this is somewhere along that line. It's technological. Um, so she escapes from him, and then he so kills she, himself. Oh, I was going to say, does, she ghost, minutes, does she ghost him? Well, no, the, th- the thing well, is, the, the filmmaker said that she wanted, uh, Lee Wannell, or Wannell, she, yeah. she said she wanted you to be afraid from the first frame of the film. And it, does it start scary, or do, it is it confusing? It, it, okay. it starts But it kind of goes downhill from there. It's, it starts out suspenseful because you know she's trying to escape. She's drugged him. He's asleep. And she's tiptoeing out of the house because she doesn't want to wake him up. And then the dog starts barking. And then the car alarm goes off. So you've got these jumps. And you go, oh, my God, this guy's going to wake up and do something to her. But, but there's no background. So you don't know how what this guy's capable of. But you know he's this brilliant scientist. But why is he such a bully? It's never really explained. Exa- she just keeps talking about this abusive relationship. But you never get any specifics of the abuse. But anyways, he kills himself. But then she's pretty much convinced that he's still he around. He faked his death. He faked his death and that he's become invisible and he's there in the room and he's getting going out to get her yeah it's pretty it's it's i don't think it's as good as some people are saying it's like 92 on the old tomato meter i don't think it's quite that good i don't really get the appeal of this elizabeth moss actress she's oh she's was good on mad men she was good i don't watch tv so okay we were just talking about this i I think she's an example we were just talking about this phenomenon it's a blind spot for you do well they they're they're they have the charisma and the presence for TV, but mm-hmm. then when they try to transfer to the big screen, it doesn't work. She's she's sort of short and has stubby legs and not a particularly attractive woman. Well, that, that, um, and, that's and what's made her good. That's what made her good on Mad Men and right. in the Handmaid's yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Well, but but this guy's wealthy, and his brother talks about oh, all the women have thrown themselves at my brother. Uh, she isn't. She is an attractive okay, woman. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's. Not, I find I her. Know, I mean, compared to like well, Charlie Theron. But no. But but what Tom is saying. She's not a very saying, good actress. I, she's not very good <laughs> in this Emmy film. Winning. I don't. I know. But I've never. Let's, okay. Let me phrase it. I've never seen her in a performance that has impressed. So you me. didn't like her in this performance. I didn't like her in this performance. She's all. She, it's kind of one note. She's always on the verge of tears, and she's always frightened. There was a movie out last year called Her Smell, which is the worst. Oh, movie it was title. terrible movie. And that's the only movie last year that I actually walked out on, and that was the same thing. It was her just screaming and crying and singing and, and jumping up and down and acting like she was on drugs which she was playing a <laughs> punk rocker singer and she was an awful human being and i yeah. i bailed uh, uh like 20 minutes I in out at the high point but let's get back to invisible man yeah but the, it, the premise is is kind of a mess because you, you, you've got this guy who's achieved this power the superpower so mm-hmm. how does he put it into place if I was invisible, I would go to the local Catholic girls' school and hang out in the locker room. And I know all <laughs> men would. Carl, he's got to admit, that's what the I, first thing we do. Well, What's this guy do? I, try the YMCA, maybe. Maybe stalks, not the high he school. He stalks an old girlfriend. He spends right. his whole, all this power stalking and mm-hmm. terrorizing this old girlfriend. And you know, go stalk you know, Katy Perry or Kate Upton or exactly. something. Exactly. Um, I don't understand that. That, that, that. So he's just a jerk. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should call him the invisible asshole. The invisible the name jerk. Of the movie. <laughs> um, and, and, 
and, and there's a lot of other things. He's jumping up and down. He's getting into the fights with, fights with all these San Francisco police officers. There's all these action scenes. But then she takes a pen, an ink pen, and she stabs him. And, and you then, can then see all of a sudden his suit malfunctions because right. she, he's been stabbed with this pen. Now, the cops can't shoot him or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this pen. Um, now, she was good in Us. She was a good part of small part in us. Yeah, I think she's yeah, been supporting roles. But, she, yeah. but she was also a top of the lake that she was she was yeah. nominated for. Right. But that's not that's more TV yeah. work. Yeah. But no, as Peggy in Mad Men, it was just such a good role. This movie is a the kitchen, so the kitchen is not a good example of anything. It, it, yeah, she was Which really is bad. Coming in there. out soon on DVD, by the way. But the kid the kitchen yeah. and, and or she's no, married, on HBO. And she's yeah. married to Fred Armisen, and so they're a very No, she was married to him for like a week. Oh, they're not. Oh, well, let me, let me they were up. only married for a week. Oh, let me back up for a second. Okay. I, I was out of town for a whole week, so I missed everything last week, and I couldn't go to any movies. So I went. So when I got back in town, and you're a horror back, film guy. I got back late Saturday night. I probably could have done your show Saturday morning. I think back about two in the morning, but I wanted to catch up on some movies, so I went and saw The Lodge. Now The Lodge played at the High Point last week mm-hmm. for a week, and I but I missed its run there. And so I saw that Saturday afternoon, and that was a horror film, and it's actually from the new rebooted Hammer Studios. Oh, nice. Um, I didn't even I th- know that was there. Oh, uh, oh. And that's about that's why I was only a about woman played by uh, Riley Kehoe, who yeah. is Elvis' oh, yeah, granddaughter. granddaughter yeah. And she gets trapped in this lodge in a snowstorm, and she's there with these two kids, and she's slowly going insane. And that was a much better film than This Invisible Man. Oh um, well, is uh, the um, I hear that the Invisible Man is a female empowerment film. Is that correct or not? That's what they say about any movie with a, right, with a with woman, a woman and lead, lead. A powerful woman. I didn't think she was. A- but she is she final girl for a while because the, it's only about her. It's not like no, he's trying well, to get revenge. Sis- no, she has a sister. Okay. So there's a couple other. So there's a couple other characters that you know that are get killed. Be victims, right. Basically. So, but she does become final girl. Well, yeah, of course, because it's yeah. about her. Um, she becomes invisible girl, actually. Oh, so she alert. she gets it down the suit. Well, she finds his suit. He's 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 actually made a second suit. Ah. So she finds his second suit. Now it's 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 just get it starts off pretty suspenseful and it just kind of slowly goes downhill. Well, it's not a bad film, but it's over two hours long. It, oh my! It could have been a little tighter. Um, and again, like I said, I'm not I'm not impressed with this so actress. Maybe she'll be in something that. Who's Aldous Hodge in this movie? Is he plays James? Is he is that the boyfriend? Or the African American gentleman. Oh, he plays the the best friend that she goes and lives with, and he when has she's a hiding. Yeah, she's hiding out in his house with him and his daughter. Yeah. Storm Reed. Okay. As Sydney. Yes. Well, yes. Aldous is a good up and coming actor, and he's in that city. He's usually pretty with, good. Yeah. With, uh, but the Kevin Lodge is the one Bacon. I recommend. Now it was shown at a bunch of theaters last week, and now it's only at the Ronnies, and it's probably okay. only shown once or twice a day. So. The Lodge a, with a Elvis's film. granddaughter. Yes. Yes, and then I also saw um, the Gene Seberg story. Oh yeah, we talked about um, that last student, week. Okay, well, I did no, no. What did what did you think of it? Um, I I thought it was a. I think Gene Seberg is one of my favorite actresses from that period, and and I've and I, I know a lot about her life. And they picked this one year. They picked a really dumb story to to base this movie on. <laughs> well, the FBI did part. You see it? Mm-hmm. She did. Oh, did you like it? Jeez. I like Kristen Stewart. I thought the movie was cliche riddled and yeah. very uh, poorly written, like a oh, dragnet episode. Dragnet episode. Why not make a movie about this teenager who enters this contest to play Joan of Arc? That was the most famous casting Stunt. gimmick since mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind, and there was like four thousand 
tryouts, and she got the part, and then Otto Preminger was the sadist, and they had this really weird relationship. And then and she's the face of French New Age cinema. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many more interesting stories to tell in this BS story that they made. It's all BS, too. They're, they're, this movie is so focused on making the FBI the villains that they actually make up this scene out of whole well, plot where this Hoover FBI... Did do some bad things. This FBI agent actually stomps her dog to death. Oh. And then, then smiles. I'm surprised it wasn't like twirling his no. mustache. Oh, is, that, is that Vince Vaughn? Uh, no. No, no. Uh, but it's the, it other, it's the other guy, but I figured that was made up. And then... And then Dramatic they, they, license. They, they, the way they portray the Black Panthers, I mean, the FBI was surveilling the Black Panthers because they were robbing banks, they were setting off bombs, they were killing cops, they were killing judges, and they just keep referring to the Black Panthers as a civil rights organization. Well, there was a reason they were surveilling the woman, and they should have been surveilling the well, woman. Well, not all Black Panthers, but there were some people that were well, doing it for civil rights costs, but there were, uh, were bad apples. But Jay <laughs> Edgar wanted to listen to them having sex because he was a sick Yes, he was. Man. They don't even Which, mention J. Edgar Hoover in this movie. He's no. not a character in this movie. No, it's just but bad they said, well, FBI Edgar people, right? likes to hear the springs. That's okay. what they said. Because they were like, why do we have to film her having sex? And and I, they, I, you know. Yeah, I like uh, Gene Seberg, though. And I wish it would have been just a more comprehensive story right. of her life. It takes place in 1969, which is the same year that Once Upon a Time in the Hollywood takes place in. Mm-hmm. But in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I felt I was taken back to that year. You don't feel like you're this there. This one is sort of has some, no. it's ch- has a cheapness about it. It has a terrible score. The costumes are okay. But there's no, I just didn't get a, a sense of time. Um, well, the cinematographer yeah. is the one who was nominated for Mudbound and, uh, and uh, uh, Black Panther. And all these good people are wasted on this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought because I thought Kristen Stewart was really good, but the script is by the same people who wrote Race, and they did a disservice to Jesse Owen. Mm-hmm. And this one, they just reduce it to cliches and awful stuff. And can you imagine if it's in the hands of somebody like Fincher or or somebody? And they should have, like you said, they should have broadened her life because oh, oh, is definitely. they just mention Otto Preminger at the end? It says. She never worked in Hollywood again. Like she was somehow blacklisted. That's not what happened. She went to Europe. She chose to stay in Europe, and she made more some of her most interesting. And then films she died after. in 1979. <laughs> yeah, she did. But she she after all this FBI things, she made her most interesting films. I just watched The Corruption of Chris Miller last night, which is, is my favorite Gene Seberg film. Now, do you think she was murdered? No, I don't think she was murdered. She, she killed herself. And, well, she killed herself on the anniversary of her two-year-old Daughter, daughter's death, death yes. which kind of don't you think? They might have yes. somebody like sit with her on that day. Right. It, it sounds don't like, leave her alone. Yeah, don't leave her alone on that day. But see, but that she had the ex-husband. The ex-husband's the one that says that she was murdered. Well, he, she wasn't murdered. She, had she a, killed they, herself. They, they gave her an autopsy and she had an overdose of barbiturates. I don't even know why they say. I don't know why, even how that rumor even got started. Yeah, well, that's just because she was found ten the days ex-husband. after she was murdered. Exactly. Well, she no part- one was checking on her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I get it. Oh, they just found somebody in... Uh, uh, at the Flying J over in uh, Illinois, she had been in, living in this truck since October, and they found her. Uh, oh, uh-huh. her so anyway, that's all that the High Point Sunday afternoon. I think there was maybe six people in the audience. I feel bad when the High Point shows a movie and nobody shows up. Right. Well, they it's going to be on there. Amazon yeah. uh, starting because it's it's ending Thursday, so it, it'll be on Amazon soon. Yeah. yeah. So I saw it. Though. I mean, I don't regret seeing it. I just I'm just really interested in Gene Seberg's life. And it was, would you and like? Uh, oh. Even when she get back to her suicide, you know, she had an affair with Clint Eastwood on the set of Paint Your Wagon. Mm, right. Apparently, when he 
dumped her. He would always have affairs and then dump dump the actors when the movie was. She was going to kill herself then too, and and Inger Stevens did kill herself after being dumped by Clint Eastwood. So I mean, she was just kind of a mess, and she would have been a mess if the FBI had hadn't been look had been looking at her or not. It's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Well, would you like to talk about the movie that? Which or let, what movie did you see last night? Did you go home and I watch one? Par- portrait of a Woman on Fire. Based As you on should your recommendation. have. I didn't know we so, had that in our box of movies. It's it's in yes. your neon box yeah, along with Parasite. I didn't know that until about two hours ago. Yeah, I told him, but uh, I knew Parasite was in there. Right. Uh, it's um, it's quite the forbidden love, isn't it? It's it's. <sighs> It made mo- it made news this week because it was up for uh, f- both women were nominated for uh, French Oscars, the Caesar Awards. It didn't. It won best Cine- cinematography. That was the only award it won. And when uh, Roman Polanski won best director, the woman who played the blonde woman in this movie, the portrait, the portrait, the woman who is the lady in the portrait, who at, is on fire. Uh, she is a. She has already won. Best actress. She's already she already has a Caesar. But when she when uh, Roman Polanski was announced as the winner, she stood up and said, uh, "Good job, perverts or pedophiles. Uh, well done, pedophilia." It, my French is a little off, but that's what she said. And she stood out, and then more people stood out and walked out when she did. Uh, Roman Polanski was not there. No one came up to accept the award either, and they just went on. And so that's what happened. That's ridiculous. And this movie. Uh, was in our film critics it was nominated for best foreign film and people want there were almost enough votes for it to nominate for best picture but it didn't that didn't happen right no it's um uh, it's a beautiful looking film that's why it won best cinematography it's an interesting film it moves it's not based in, it's it's not it's a it's fictional narrative but it's right it's interesting based. of the time and the place but it moves at a snail's pace it does Oh my God! And then they they answer we a lot. Like their answer is like on the subtitles. You're you know read yes, and they have a lot of looks at each other because it's two women falling in love in the 18th century. It is so. One woman, the blonde lady, the the portrait, the 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 one that's going to be married. She came home from the nunnery because her sister was supposed to be married. This woman, this. Aristocrat, who is the woman from Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Well, Dotty, the mom, no, Valerie yeah, Galino, the one that oh, Pee Wee okay. falls oh, in love with. No, 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 no. Big, 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 big Top Pee Wee. Yes, yeah, Big Top, big top Pee Wee. Sorry, and Scent of a Woman. Yes, she's she's plays the mother, which is hilarious. I'm like, I, where do I know that? That's Big Top oh. Pee Wee. That's Pee Wee's girl from from the second yeah, one. Valeria yes. Galino, not Valerie. Right, and yeah. so she has two daughters. One daughter kills herself because she doesn't want to get married. The other one's in a convent, and so she has to go, and she doesn't want to get married either, so she won't let the artist that the mom has hired paint her picture, so he won't. she won't sit for a sitting. So they hired this woman to come in to be her companion and walk on, because her since her sister died, the mom will not let her walk on the moors alone, and so she is to memorize her face and at night draw her. It's a coastal town, and she's going to be married and in she's Milan. she's going to marry to Milan. Uh, and during the uh, course of this, after at, the movie is not even half over, where the portrait's finished, and she's like, she tells the mom, I don't want to 
just give you this photo. I want to come clean with your daughter and let her know that I've been lying to her this whole time. And that's when the movie takes a weird turn and then they start falling in love. And there's a lot of... Uh... There is not a there's, there's a lot of looks at each other. Oh yeah, and there's there, one of those. It's like a lot of just forbidden. Is there any nudity? Looks. Yes, yes. There's nudity. Uh, Marianne and Heloise. Yes, Heloise. Heloise is the blonde lady, and Marianne. I didn't even know she had a name until I saw the credits at the end. But she's the dark-haired woman, and they are both naked, and they are both uh, uh, kissing all over each other. A lot of they're. It's, there's it's, some er- it's erotic. Chaste. There's it's pretty chaste, but there's some. If you were looking for it, you could you know get all hot and bothered. But there's another thing. Um, they have a subplot. Which Sophie, is, Sophie the maid, uh, needs an abortion. Yeah, it's really a weird subplot. But she's a good actress who does. They all bond. These three women bond. There aren't any men in the movie at all. No, well, they're they're when she's being taken there. I'll, there's a boat full of men, but none of them have any lines. And no, there is one guy who has a line, and she's like, "Where am I supposed to go?" And he says, "Go towards the trees." That's the only line by a man in the entire film. It's basically about the traditional rim, women's roles back in the 18th century, and what they were it takes limited place in 1770. With. And then there's a flashback and a flash forward, and it's yeah, it, it's a nice little film, but it's, it is, but it's I very French. I know. I don't understand the. Uh, it won an award at Cannes for screenplay. I don't understand all the fuss about it because I think it's just. I enjoy fine. it. It's fine. It's fine. But is it award worthy? It, best cinematography. That that. Yeah. It looked beautiful. But uh, but and both of them. I could see both of them getting nominated for best yes. actress. But you know what? In in the United States, that wouldn't happen. They would make one of them lead and one of them right. supporting. And yeah, you'd make you'd make the darker haired one the lead, and the one who's already won the blonde, you you'd make her supporting. Now, for artists, it's interesting about women's roles back then and how uh, a she portrait to, was really like a photograph. She has to submit when, at, for galleries. She has to submit things under her father. Her father's a very famous painter, and she submits things under his name because she can't get things. She can't get the she can't get the galleries to take her paintings. But she can if she uses her father. They're like, oh, your father's got it, still has it, and she's like, it's mine. Yeah, so it's just like that, and it's good. But they do, they look at each other a lot, and they're gorgeous women, and the camera loves them, and they look at each other a lot. And a lot they of say, plunging necklines. Yeah, plunging, uh, uh, I was going to say bosoms. that. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's like a bodice ripper. I like heaving bosoms. Well, it's also, like a bodice ripper uh, uh, romance novel. The uh, Heloise, the blonde, she was dating the director of this film they broke up right before the film started but they still worked on it so you can tell that when she shoots her there is a there they had a relationship there's a Uh, tense it's a woman director yes uh celine shkiyama is it but uh they were all eligible for last year's yes it was yeah but and it's been been it's been rolled out slowly like kansas city had it last week we're getting it this week Uh. technically it was wide last week but they're still rolling it out slowly. So is this director's name on Natalie Portman's dress at the Oscars? Um, possibly. And I love the way that they these people selectively extrapolate the art from the artist when when it's sort of convenient. The way this lady walked out when Polanski won, you know, you got to separate these things. Well, but I, there there has been there has been more there have been more women that have come out since 
then. I know that is she going to walk out of a uh, Picasso exhibit because Picasso beat all six of his wives and one of them committed suicide? Is she going to walk out of a Charlie Chaplin movie because he married 13-year-olds? I mean, you gotta you you gotta separate art from politics, art from life. And I, I love Polanski. Uh, I don't think I've seen a Roman Polanski film since Rosemary's Baby. Oh, you haven't seen the, the uh, pianist? He won the, the Oscar pe- for the, the pianist. Oh, then I did see. No, the no, not, no, I did not see the pianist. I didn't. Yeah. I well, um, I will say this about Polanski, and I'm not condoning uh, underage sexual uh, misconduct, but. I will say, if anybody had their child cut out of their dead wife's stomach, it's gonna yes, it's gonna mess with your head. Right, that is true. So I think that you notice you notice how Roman Polanski is not in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's fle- does, he's a peripheral character. He's barely in the film. They barely mention him at all. Yeah, I think that you know there's a cause and effect to I things. Have a few lines. And I do think that, because um, I saw his Macbeth right after that, mm-hmm. and that was like, that was just so. Yes. When, oh. when Charles Manson kills your wife, an unborn child, that is going to screw you up. Right. So I don't but, condone any behaviors like that, but I'm just going to say if you're, anybody you're, get, point would go off the deep end. But you're not saying give a pass. You could no. Say, I mean, you could say that about so many artists. Right. I mean, exactly. Okay, Jackson Brown beat the hell out of uh, Daryl Hammond. So what are we going to do? Hammond. Make Hannah. him give him his. Uh, Grammy's, Grammy's back. back. Um, are we going to walk, turn our backs on him? And then there, on. well, you can also say some people don't feel the same about Woody Allen. Well, that's the, th- you know, that makes me so mad. There's a, uh, what's probably a wonderful movie that's called A Rainy Day in New York, and then Woody Allen made it a year and a half ago, and it's been sitting in a can gathering dust. It has Timothy yeah, Chalamet and make, Jude he was, Law. He was making movies for Amazon, was or what Well, I know, it, 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 well, his last one was called Wonder Wheel, and that was made for Amazon, mm-hmm. and then he made the second one, but then all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden, we can't watch Woody Allen movies anymore, so they're not going to release this I, one But I, st- I still think Midnight in Paris is a great, that was, oh, in, I, that I, was think, in my top. I think Woody Allen's the best screenwriter in the history of Hollywood. I think his, I mean, you know, you're not going to get this from Ronan Farrell, but I I think that um, um, his situation is a little different than the, the, the Harvey Weinstein and other rapists and Woody Allen's not a rapist. I know Woody that's Allen's what I'm been saying. Married to Soon Yi for over 20 years. They raised two kids together. They're very good to each other. They're very good for each other. There was a whole documentary made. It was called The Blues something about how how. Just really how positive their marriage is. And it, okay, yeah, he's fifty years older, and that's kind of creepy. <laughs> but or I don't think he's that. He's probably forty no, years right. older. But well, that's still. what I'm saying. There's a, you gotta you gotta judge case by case. And as a woman, you I, are. Uh, I'm I'm defending that because you do have to judge things case by case, yeah. and it just depends. And um, there are there are ways to um, deal with. Uh, we're going to have this discussion till the end of time now, really, because of the way. It's uh, been you're, affected. You're not going to take Annie Hall's Best Picture Oscar away because Woody Allen uh, still, married his daughter. It's still in my top daughter. ten yeah, yeah. of all time. But you so so after, but the Portrait of the Lady on Fire oh, yeah. is a, it is it's a very stereotypical French movie that mm-hmm. takes place in the 1770s. And you know what? Yes, it, it's it's not it's not really shocking. No, and and the director, I I read some because after I watched it, I read some things about it, and it said, uh, women know how to portray the eyes of love, and not since the piano, and mm. I'm like, oh my god, 
I thought the <laughs> piano was uh, Andrew Wyatt said we can't be friends because I don't like the piano. Mm. But right. I mean, seriously. Would you okay? Would you have rather watched Greed with Steve Coogan then? You think? Yeah, well, I needed to see this because it did get acclaim. The pianist is and, better than the piano. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, tell it, Andrew I said that. It is. Um, but I will. I'll have to watch Greed uh, later tonight. Because that's Steve Coogan and Michael Winterbottom, mm-hmm. the director, and they did those trip movies together. Yes, three of them. And this mm-hmm. is this is about rich people mocking rich people, and who doesn't like to do that, right? So uh, we'll have to wait till next week for that. But it starts Friday, and then uh, Wednesday night we're seeing The Way Back. No, I'm going to go to the office, and I've got my Laurel and Hardy fan club meeting. Okay, so, well I'm going to go see The Way Back, Ben Affleck. I just, movie. I don't, I, I just. I know. I like Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck too, but I I don't need him. I don't need him to be an alcoholic. Someone has died. A basketball coach. Yeah. That story has been told. Well, right, right. Well, I just want to see it. Okay. So we'll see. No, how and, that and goes. I'm not begrudging you for that. It's just that this there is nothing that I have seen about The Way Back, which is a horrible title because there have already been movies <sighs> right. that have been that. And but that there's Steve no- Carell one is That was really The Way, the way, way Back. back. That was yeah. The Way, way Back. I know, with Sam Rockwell. But yes, and, and the kid. But the thing is, there is nothing that I've seen about The Way Back that makes me want to see it. Okay. Well, sometimes those are the kind of movies that can surprise you. Your that, expectations are low. And I hope Lynn will tell me otherwise. Yes. And what I'm really upset about is that next week... They're showing The Hunt once Tuesday, at 11 o'clock yeah. in the morning, and we don't get to see – I don't get to at see At 10 a.m. Yeah. because that's when I'm on Price is Right. Oh, <gasps> so. oh that's your day. Yeah. But that's already been filmed, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, uh, my sisters and I filmed Price is Right on January 13th, and our episode is March 10th at 10 a.m. So you so can record that and go to the movie. Either of you get down to the stage? Or she, she's not allowed to say. She signed an NDA. Because of an NDA, uh, you have to watch the show. But, but I, I'm telling people to tune in. But so as you fun. should, what you should say is, you will see my family prominently. That's all you need to say because well, you're in audience anyway. We're in the audience. Did they have beautiful models standing in front of the prizes? Men and women. Men and women. Men and women. They, they have. have a, they have, they a, have a hunky dude guy. Now, yeah. Bob Barker would have never had a guy standing. In yeah, he would have. He would have got. Well, he got sued lots of times. Yeah, yeah, Barker nailed all those gals. We um, were in the Bob Barker studio. But I'll tell you all about it next week. But uh, it's traditionally a one to six p.m. taping. Mm-hmm. But you had the, issues. The taping of is course only you had yeah. issues. But the first couple hours are just you signing forms, getting your number, getting a pre-interview. Uh, the pre-interview. They're doing a pre-interview. A they think you think you're just signing forms, but really the producers are saying we want this one, we want that one. Right. And, and you're then, answering and questions. They're seeing a, who's who'd be good on camera. Right. And then you're having a, a pre-interview so right before go you go the, on. Are you going to the hunt? No, I'm I'm You're going to watch yourself live? Can't you just tape it? I'm having a viewing party. But we're having a viewing party. And I just uh, got an invite for Wendy on Monday morning. Right. Yeah. That's when that's the Peter Pan story. That. Yeah, the Peter, Peter Pan, Pan it's the Wendy from Peter Pan. It's her but story. so it's uh, Peter Pan told through the eyes of Wendy. I right. Guess. Next week there's quite a bit of stuff. But why wouldn't I want to watch it in real time? But you want it, but because you lived it. Because <laughs> you lived it already. You already know what happens. Yeah, yeah, but you don't know how they edited it. 
Ah. Ah. Ooh, you know? ah. Uh, but uh, the hunt, I won the. What? How are they singing? It's the movie you've heard about but don't know anything uh, about. It looks pretty good. Is this the one that they they stopped production on last year? Yes, because, because of the production. shootings. They, they, they pulled it. Uh, yeah, they, they pulled it because out. of uh, the shootings. Because this is about... This is, it's uh, kind of like the Hunger Games, it's right? A, no, it's more like most dangerous games. Right. It's, it's, it's hunting humans. Humans hunting humans. And that's why they didn't want to put it out, even though the story has been told hundreds of times. Yeah. And this is just another one. Maybe that was just a promotional gimmick. Well, the... Uh, the they planned on doing that the whole time. Apple Plus is finally releasing The Banker. Okay. Which is the story of the of the black bankers back in the day that, you know. When when white banks wouldn't take their money. Right. Hmm. And remember it was going to be last fall, but then they pulled it because of somebody being accused of something. Uh, again, Once again. A sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to see anything next week. Is Quiet Place 2 next week? No, that's the week after. See, I, I'm. it just... Next week is The Hunt, Bloodshot, which is Vin Diesel and some other oh, guy. Oh, God, it looks horrible. It does. My Spy with Dave Batista. Okay. I well, Still Believe, which... Um, she knows from, people that know people. Uh, well, so. Pete's List is yes. on there. And uh, I Still Believe is a Christian okay. uh, story about a real-life... Uh, Christian artist who died, and um, uh-huh. and then Burden. I don't know anything about Burden, and I don't. Jeff Burden. He does mornings on the point. No, I just saw a previews for Burden. <laughs> and then there's Hope Gap, which I have the link to, but I don't know anything about. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, now on DVD and uh, streaming, Dark Waters, which you really liked, that got nowhere. No, I'm kidding. You oh. didn't like it. Mark Ruffalo in the. Uh, the male Aaron Brockovich, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought it was way too procedural. I just finally saw that a couple. Did weeks you like ago. it? No, I thought it was very <laughs> procedural. It's why it didn't get anywhere. Everyone thought, "Oh, this is going to yeah. be so," and it is well, not. Like, it was another movie I felt like I'd seen it's, several times. I know, before. and you go Darren through Brockovich. all those years, and yeah. then Anne Hathaway's the stereotypical wife who's like, "I don't know how long you could be away from this family," <laughs> you yeah. know that that those kind of arguments, yeah, you know. Bad. And then it's and then Tim Robbins is the head of the law firm going, You're spending a lot of time on this. But it's a true story. It's a worthy story. It's the DuPont uh, factory poisoning everybody in this town. Mm-hmm. And the one true best moment of the whole thing is a guy named Bucky who was really uh, affected at his birth by his mom. Working at played by uh, Tim Blake Nelson. No, that no, was just, that was just Mercy. So. Yeah, um, but this Bucky guy is really in the movie. Oh, okay. And he's at the gas station, and Mark Ruffalo's character hears somebody calling Bucky, and he looks at him, and he he knows that that's the guy that he has the picture of mm-hmm. in his office. So that's the best thing in the whole entire movie is the real guy who was damaged at birth from these... From uh, the bad water. Yeah. But so. if you want to see something that's out on DVD now that you should see that you probably didn't know anything about, Queen and Slim is now out now on the DVDs. Yes, and speaking of Lena Waithe, because she wrote that it... That was one of the worst movies of last year. Oh, I, I, I almost, liked That it. was in my top five bottom. I liked Queen Don't you Slim. tell Dan Buffa that. Oh, my God. I liked uh, Daniel Kalu. I didn't hear anything about that. First, they, they killed this cop in cold blood in the first 10 minutes, and then, of course, romanticized heroes. I mean, Bonnie and Clyde. 
Oh, they it's like natural out, they, burn you know, killers. Well, it was like... I mean, no, but they didn't they mean didn't to kill, kill the guy. They didn't kill any cops. Oh, well, they, but they did. <laughs> and I think Clyde didn't kill cops till like halfway through. And then it, then it sort of took on a different tone. And then, it be, then they became the doomed lovers. Right. But this one starts out as doomed lovers and every cliche but ima- it, the, imaginable. And then it goes on for like two hours and 15 uh, minutes. But it also, none, of the, none of what happened to that police officer needed to happen. Right, no. but, but, but but he was way too aggressive. The, the police well, that's, officer that's how was. Police officers are trained. They're not trained to be your friend. I get so sick of this stuff. The, the guy picked up the gun and he shot the cop. That's there's there's no that two is ways true. around it. That and then is they true. spend the whole weekend on the uh, the whole rest of the movie on the run, and we're supposed to feel sorry for them. They need to go turn themselves in, and then they can explain that it was an accident. But it wasn't well, really an accident. He uh, shot yeah, the guy. He well, shot him in cold blood. It was murder. They well, murdered cop in the first scene and then we're supposed to have sympathy for these people but jody turner smith got her uh but was shot by the cop in the leg first yes but anyway she makes a good debut in this movie i think and i think daniel kaluuya is a good actor okay well i obviously yes we disagree well yeah or or you can watch uh uh, uncut gems on streaming (laughs) another one i didn't and it was better than i uh, loved uncut gems i didn't like the way it ended though I just um, thought it was too it was too manic and it was just But that's what, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler screaming the F word over and over for like two hours and twenty minutes. And it is the Safdie <coughs> brothers and that's their MO. And it made you tense the whole time. You were just on the edge of your seat. It and it's way out. too much I know, it's way too much profanity and so that he is his own worst enemy and he's not likable and there isn't really too many likable people in this but my favorite part of the whole movie and I've said this a couple times on this show was that Idina Menzel's nonverbal looks at Adam Sandler are the best thing in the whole in the, movie in the ba- and uh, in the parking lot oh my god when she's standing outside the kid's school trying thinking that he needs the keys Mm-hmm. Oh, that is just brilliant, and her her just and Arabic goes withering looks, yeah, and her withering looks at him are just the best, and it shows that she does another uh, aspect of her um, uh, acting because you know the musical queen right is playing a uh, a wife whose husband's cheating on her, and she's not. I don't think she's married currently. She's not married to Seal anymore. No, she was married to. No, um, Idina Menzel was married to Tay Diggs. Oh, and they're divorced, but they have a child together. Yeah, Seal was married to the one of the supermodels. Yeah, Heidi Klum. Ah, but uh, Idina's married. uh, Much better looking than Idina Menzel. Idina's married to somebody else, and Tay Diggs is married to somebody else. So they but not each other. But no, they met in the Broadway show Rent. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. That they were up and comers together. Right. And uh, so coming up, uh, we have uh, the drive-ins are going to be opening, and the Skyview Drive-In in Belleville is opening March 20th with A Quiet Place 2, but they're going to play the quiet first place, Quiet Place afterwards, and then they're going to show Onward and Rise of Skywalker on the other screen. So that's mm. pretty cool. But the Skyview in Litchfield, which is a much better drive-in. Oh. It is a much better drive-in. The Skyview in Litchfield, they're both called the Skyview, but the one in Litchfield is Skyview. It's two words. Right. The one in Belleville is but one word. But the one in, in Litchfield away. is out in the middle of a cornfield, so it's nice right. and dark, and you got this really popping bright image on the screen. The one in Belleville is right next to a Schnooks, and, and it's right next to the parking lot of the Schnooks, which has these huge lights. So it's got all this light pollution that comes, and it has inferior projecting. 
And uh, the only one of the screens even has the bumps where you can angle your your car correctly. If you're at the at the back screen, your car is is, is pointed straight ahead, so you can't watch the movie out of your windshield. You have to get out of your car to watch right. the windshield. They charge twelve bucks a person to get into that drive, and the one in Litchfield's the one to go to. It's a little further away. It's a lot further away. No, it's really not. It's really not. It's only about fifty five minutes from my house. Yeah, Litchfield's uh, not that far, and, and and you can go to the Ariston Cafe right before. Off the highway, where in the Belleville one, you got to get off the highway and go into downtown Belleville. You just take fifteen. But anyways, they just announced their uh, retro Sunday schedule. This oh, the, that drive-in the does re- an old movie every other, no, no, it's the second Sunday of the month. In and, Litchfield? Uh, they're starting out May 10th with Dazed and Confused. I go to this all the time. Okay. It's a lot of fun. I usually put out a Facebook invite and invite all my friends, and we mm-hmm. all bring lawn chairs and sit in the front row. But this schedule that they just announced last week is just mo- sort of mind-boggling. Here's a bunch of movies that I thought for sure I would go to my grave with never having seen at the drive-in. Uh, Gone with the Wind. Wow. On, uh, all uh, three hours of it? All four hours of it. Wow. Um, that, was, that is uh, June 14th. Yeah, I never thought I'd say Gone with the Wind. So That'd wait a minute. They, they can't really night. start till like 8 o'clock. Right. That, well, that's the only long one. But mm-hmm. just, yeah, they start at 8 o'clock. It'll be over at uh, midnight. Midnight. Yeah. Uh, so Steve instead of seeing a double feature, you're seeing Gone with the Wind. Well, they don't no, show but, double features actually. They oh, just show one old movie. Okay, so um, will there like, be an intermission with Gone the, with probably, the Wind? You think? I think there's an intermission built into Gone with the Wind. Isn't mm-hmm. Right, there um, is. Uh, Steve McQueen and Bullet, July 12th. That'll be That'd good. Be a great one to see. That's a drive. great drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, August 9th, which is the only movie of, on this list that I have seen at a drive-in, that is Christine, uh, John Carpenter's oh, nice. version of Stephen King's Christine, which mm-hmm. will be a lot of fun. Now, and there's always a lot of people driving old cars at this drive-in. Uh, September 13th is Clueless. That's the only one on this list that doesn't that's, excite me too that's much. That's recent? And then, they're, and then in October they're doing two. They're actually showing the 1931 version of Frankenstein. Wow. At the drive-in. I wish they would do Frankenstein and Brighter Frankenstein because they're both short films. But still, see, the 1931 Frankenstein at a drive-in is pretty mind-boggling. And then, then they're doing a, a second one in October. They're doing Revenge of the Creature, which is the first sequel, of course, to Creature from the Black Lagoon. And uh, that's and Clint Eastwood's in that. Wow! Wow! Yeah, he's, he plays a scientist. Does he get um, eaten or killed? No, no, he plays a scientist in a in an early scene where he has this mouse in his pocket and he has a couple of lines. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Well, yesterday was the anniversary of King Kong coming out in 1933, Three. the first monster movie, basically. Yeah. So, do you think well, King Kong still holds up? Oh what's yeah. Your, what's your favorite so. version? Well, the 33, of course, I hosted a, a screening of that as part of Sliff a few years ago because there was a documentary called Long Live the King. It was about the making of King Kong and the, and the influence King Kong has had, and we showed that at Webster U. And then I talked about King Kong for a long time, and then we showed the original 1933 King Kong, which is one of my favorite, top five favorite movies of all time. I, I've seen it at the theater many times. It's showing March 15th, which is a Sunday, a week from this Sunday, I guess, is part of uh, the Fathom events series oh, right. showing king kong yeah. I because i guess of the anniversary then the anniversary yeah but they're not showing it at, at night they're only showing it now, at like one o'clock and four o'clock do you care for the jessica lang version i don't like much about it i've seen it i remember i was so excited and i actually have some hair from that giant robot that they built uh-huh. carlo Romaldi built this giant robot and they made a big deal out of this giant robot they had built but then when the film finally came out you see the robot for about six seconds it's all rick baker in an ape suit mm-hmm. except but then I, but then i managed to get my hands on some of the hair and it's an it comes in this little certificate of authenticity uh no i don't like much about that now what do you think of the turn of the century version uh, the peter jackson version in 05 i like that quite a bit yeah i like the fact that it was vintage 
it took place in the Do you like the fact that they are trying to world build around it? World build around it? Yes, like have other movies like with sequel. Oh. Like, you know, not like Son of, Son of Kong or all the well, stuff that they did in the 30s. I don't think Kong Skull Island had any, it was related to the world that Peter Jackson made for King Kong. Is that what you're No, yeah, but they're no, no. getting bigger. Oh, well, now they're doing Kong versus Godzilla, which right. is part of that world. And right, the that's Godzilla what I'm talking about. Part of, oh, no, that's, that's exciting to me. I mean, I remember seeing King this, Kong versus Godzilla when I was like four years old. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. And so far, they've been pretty good movies. I think the Kong Skull Island is better than either of the Godzilla films. But I'm really looking forward to the, those two titans teaming up. And that'll be out later this spring, I believe. Yes, mm-hmm. it will. That's they probably exciting. won't show it to us because I, it's no. critic proof. Yeah, yeah, but I was, uh, you know, I think uh, I, last time you guys had me on, I said I was going to see more old movies at the theater than new ones. And, I, and have you? Half kidding, but I think I probably have because I've been going. I went to the Wildy, I think three or four times in January. In February, I was just there. They just showed Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea Ooh. as a Kirk Douglas Kirk. tribute. Um, about you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they tonight they're showing Ghost, but everybody will be at the Way Out Club seeing my uh, vintage TV show night. Yes. Um, next week they're showing Anatomy of a Murder with Jimmy Stewart, wow. which is also out of Which Channel Nine just showed that, and oh, yeah. I I missed the first half hour, and I watched the whole thing. Yeah, but seeing a movie at the Wildy is a lot different than yes. watching a movie on Channel Nine. Well, it was I couldn't I couldn't go cool to sleep. Theater. I couldn't go oh. to sleep, and Channel Nine had it on on Sunday night. Uh, the seventeenth, I got The Quiet Man because it's. St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Um, the 24th, Quiet Man is not like the book, by the way. <laughs> oh. The 24th, they have uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Wow. Which is the second one. It should have. It, no. No, Sal- that's, uh, that's it. No, that's, that's short round. Short uh, round. Uh, but the real reason that uh, PG-13 exists. Yeah. It's a pretty that's violent right. movie. It is. I mean, it is. Monkey you brains. Pull, and monkey brains and pulling out the heart and showing yeah. it to them. I saw it when I was pregnant with Tim, and I did not enjoy it. I saw it when I was 13 years more. old. Uh, that that so monkey brains. Just it was, was it like was Indiana Jones and Gremlins. They said those yes. because of those two movies, PG thirteen exists. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And then the first two PG thirteen movies were Red, Red Dawn, Dawn and uh, Dreamscape. Dreamscape. Yes. Um, and then nice. anyways, let me finish this. The thirty first, they're showing a League of Their Own. So this is all for the Wildy. It's over in Edwardsville. It only costs two dollars. And League I love that theater. It's a beautiful theater. It's a very nice nice theater. I saw John Waite there, and I saw Head East. They yeah. have a lot of old bands there. They do. They it's do. a nice place. Because Al Canal runs it, and Al Canal is wonderful. Right. I know Al Canal. Do you? Al does choose the movies. I asked him when I was there just a couple weeks ago if Al Canal chooses the movies, and they told me yes, he does. Well, I could for see Al trying to, like, oh, well, let's do let's do a Kirk Douglas movie. For three years, the uh, yeah. St. Louis International Film Festival had it as an Illinois venue, and I was the venue captain there. So for three years, Why'd I stop? took care of that. Um, not enough attendance. Oh, fine job, Captain. <laughs> Wildy, Wildy's doing well, but, but but the thing about the Wildies, it's subsidized by the city yeah, of Edwardsville. That, yeah. That's right. why. And another thing is, this was when it was brand new, and nobody was used to seeing all those bands. You know, right. we had a documentary about Ginger Baker yeah. that drew a ton of uh, uh, people clad in black. But you know leather. what? They should do Sliff again because now it's an established place well, uh, that a, shows it's kind movies. of a hall it's kind of it's 35 minutes from my house right and then the biggest crowd we had was when they showed the documentary about music called it's something in the water okay and That's it right, was yeah. Casey and, so and Mississippi MRF, River yeah. Festival mm-hmm. I interviewed that gala directed that and uh, people just well, poured if you in. have good films people will come right it was the first place I saw Bullhead with Mat- Mat- uh, Matthias 
Shinarts or however you say his name now. I looked it up. I don't know what that is. Yeah, the Mustang dude. Well, if you are at home over the next couple weekends, yesterday one of our favorite movies from last year is uh, makes its HBO debut Saturday night. And then uh, Aaron Paul is joining Westworld. Does it have a title? Uh, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Uh, oh, it's the Beatle movie. <laughs> I didn't like that one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I gave it two out of four. I think I didn't hate it. Uh, Westworld. Aaron Paul joins Westworld on Sunday. Right, which is uh, March 15th, the opening of that. The um, McMillions. Did you, have you been watching this? I a friend of mine told me you have to watch it. Have you been watching it? I've been watching it because it's on. It, it ends. It's on Monday nights, and so um, when I miss Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's on right before the rerun of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I've been watching the last five minutes of like each episode. I'm like, I really want to see this because my friend says it's great. It's about the McDonald's scandal when those people scammed the Monopoly oh, game. Yeah. They made a movie about that. Yeah, it's no, a docu- it's a five it's part. It's a yeah. five part ten hour documentary. Is it Netflix, you say? No, it's no, on HBO. HBO. Yeah. So it's not TV, uh, it's HBO. I watched 10 minutes of it one night. It's and very I, intriguing. And I went, i got to watch this whole thing. Hmm. I'm going to have to go well, back. It'll come to Netflix probably. So, Is it 10 hours or 5 hours? Are they 1 hour a piece or are they 2 hour hours? Piece, okay, so it's, only, sure. it's only 5 hours, Tom. Yeah. You can do but that. But it's really fascinating. When when all those like normal people are all involved in the scam and they're all scamming each other and they're all related, and I'm like, oh, this and is the one be. girl, they they send her the money, and she goes to the airport, and then they <sighs> grab her at the airport. Ah, yeah, this is interesting. Well, on Netflix, they're starting March sixth. The Mark Wahlberg, uh, Peter Berg produced show Spencer Confidential, and I don't know. Well, you guys, you you might not have, you might have been a little kid, but you remember Robert Urich and Spencer mm-hmm. for Hire on TV. Yeah. Yes, that was based on the books, The Boston Detective. Well, Mark Wahlberg is it's from Boston. Ross resurrecting it, and Peter Berg's in charge, and so Winston Duke and Mark Wahlberg are in what it. Winston Duke. I know. And so they call it. He was the dad in Us. And he's. Yeah. And I do know. And uh, he's been in a couple other things anyway. uh, And he was in Black Panther. Yeah. So he was in Get Out. So they're redoing this um, uh, as a modern day Spencer Confidential. And then uh, Netflix is going to show the big documentary winner at Sundance called Crip Camp. It's about kids with disabilities, and it's from. Michelle and Barack Obama's film company. I like how you put her name first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's going to be on March 25th. And we know Ozark starts on Netflix on March 27th. But Tom, the last last TV show that Tom watched was The Office. And now there is The Office. Office of the Musical. uh, The musical parody uh, starting at the Grand Dell this week. Right, March 4th through 8th. It's it's an off-Broadway sensation, and it has the people. I I, uh, publicized it in my theater calendar on Uh, poplifestl.com. And uh, they all look like the the people. There's Jim and Pam. There's Dwight. Michael. There's Michael. Now, does Michael leave for a little bit and then come back at the end? I think Michael is played by a woman in this? I think somebody's. No, I think somebody's played by a woman, but I don't think it's Michael. Dwight, I, I maybe? noticed that. Is it Dwight? It might be Dwight. That would, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah somebody is. And then, you like know. Like Gary the, Coleman's played by a woman. The, right. The rest of the characters. And so it's not no. authorized, FYI. So then, because you think it'd be funny, especially if Phyllis was in here, because Phyllis lives in St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, 
Phyllis, Jenna Fisher, and Ellie uh, Kemper. Ellie Kemper, all, all from St. Louis, but Phyllis still lives here. Right. She, I was behind her in the line at the Loughborough Schnooks one day. And Phyllis, the last thing I saw Phyllis in, besides seeing her at South County Mall, uh, was at the Muni. Right. For Nonsense. Right. And she was also in Greece as she was the uh, the teacher. Teenager? Oh, no, no, no. no. The, the teacher that, uh, you know, that um, in, you know, she's the one that makes the announcements. Oh, okay. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. The teacher. Dodie uh, in the movie. What What's movie are you talking about? Grace. Oh. What was her name? Uh, yeah, she was in uh, You Light Up My Life. Yeah, and, and no, no, no. That you're thinking of Beauty School Dropout. Uh, this is the older that's lady who does, yeah, who does the um, voice. Is you know like, but it was Rydell Phyllis students. from the office, yeah, right. Rydell students. It was it was one of the fifties, like it was one of Sid Caesar's people. I want to say, yeah, but I it because it's from the fifties. But what? But I I would be interested to see if like Phyllis would show up for something like that. Or She'd not. probably be invited. Right. I don't know why she wouldn't. She because it's, well, she doesn't want to piss off Greg Daniels like that. What's he going to do? Fire from the show? She'll well, no, but she's still getting residuals. Well, also, oh, if they, I asked her if they, I, when, when I was in line with her, mm-hmm. I asked her if uh, there were, was going to be that office reunion because that was rumored. And she said, I don't know. I don't know. Has she been on Office Ladies with uh, Angela and Jenna? Mm-hmm. They have a podcast, and they revisit oh, yeah. every single episode of The Office. It's huge with young folk now. I, I know, mean, my kids it's, like it. It's just huge because— Is that why you started watching it? Or did you watch no, it? No, no. You I, watch it when it was I on. It. I watched it because somebody had shown me the British version. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, Nicole Ricky Gervais. Two Stephen Merchant. It's, uh, yeah. it's Tim and Tim and Dawn. Our, our Gareth was Gareth. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Ken Quapis from Belva, the yeah, uh, director, yes, director, he directed lot. a lot of The Office, and uh, he, uh, when I found out he was involved, then I had to watch it. So midway first season, because somebody said to me, "Oh no, it's really, really good." Because I thought, well, well there are only they twelve. This? 14 episodes of the British office so you can watch that in a weekend right and because I said well how could they top the British one and, and they go oh no well, because the, really Brit- the British one had a definite ending right when Don and Tim hook up at the Christmas party that is the ending I think the first episode I watched was take your children to work day <laughs> when Michael Scott <laughs> or is diversity singing, day Michael Scott singing teacher children mm. oh my god and then I had to just watch it all the time and uh, there's still it's still so brilliant. And if you go to the NBC store in New York, they have the the Schrute Beet Farms T-shirts mm-hmm. and hey. the Dunder Mifflin, and ever you know it's still huge. Right. Mm-hmm. All That's right, funny. we have to wrap it up. Oh Lynn. wait, we're oh. going to talk about the French Film Festival. Oh yes, go go go, go, go. Ahead. Don't wrap me up. You guys invite me in here. <laughs> and Anyways, then I, then the I make St. you Louis wait. Does the uh, this will be their twelfth annual international? Well, it's not international. It's the French Film Festival. Um, and I, I don't a watch a lot still? of French films at home, but I always go to, and see all the films at the French Film Festival. That's when I get my French Film Festival fix. It Are they a, showing Portrait of a Lady on Fire? No, they sh- no, it's vintage. It's okay. classic. Oh. It's classic. Oh. It's called like the classic French film New Way. Festival. So no, it's older films. It goes Jean way back into the thirties. Uh, oh, Jean Luc. Oh, uh, like, uh, and they always they always have a critic or a professor introduce and do a post 
post-film discussion. And for the first time, I have been invited to uh, host a film. Are they showing the, the one where the uh, razor blade cuts the eyeball? Yes, they are. And that will be with music. That is called Unchian Andalou, and that will be yes. with music uh, by the Rats and Motion People. Rats and Pictures. Oh, and that, people, is, that is one of orchestra. the earliest avant-garde films. Yeah, that was Bunuel. We um, had to see that in, uh, in it is film class. It's a feature with something else, because that's, that's only about a 20-minute Well, yeah, it's 20 long. minutes long. It's, it's yeah. really disturbing. They are showing... Well, I, I'm not going to run down all these titles. There are a couple of interesting ones. Andrew Wyatt is hosting Betty Blue, which I saw at the uh, Galleria back in the 80s with Beatrice Valley. Isn't that a film noir? No, Betty Blue is from the 80s, and it's about a woman who goes insane in France. And it's a color film from the mid-80s. As it it's a contemporary be. film. It's crazy, though. This Beatrice Dolly is a really crazy actress. Is she related to Salvador? No, it's spelled differently. Ah, okay. Um, and then uh, Vagabond, uh, Agnes Varda's Vagabond from the 90s, is showing in 35mm, which is kind of nice. Another one called Indian Song from the 70s is also showing in 35mm. And our friend Pete Timmerman is hosting the final one, Vivra San V, which is also in 35mm. So it's really neat. Dick Bauer loves showing movies in 35mm. He's the projectionist over there. So he gets to show three of them. And you appreciate that. And I have been invited uh, to host. And I will be uh, hosting on April 19th for a film from 1970 called Rider on the Rain. Now, this is a movie that I've been trying to talk Cliff Freilich into showing at the Classic French Festival for several years now, but Cliff is way into 50th anniversaries of movies, so he greenlighted it this year, so he's letting me host Rider on the Ring, well, which stars is. Charles Bronson! Whoa! And it's in a 50 French years old. And Jill Ireland. Oh, yeah, Charles Bronson, when he went out, when he did Once Upon a Time in the West, it was a huge hit internationally. He stayed in Europe and made several very interesting movies. And then came and back in 74 and did Death and Wish. Then he did Death <laughs> Wish, and he, then he made Death Wish over and over again. That's true, but what's interesting about Rider on the Ring is that... It, the entire cast was bilingual except Bronson. So they, they filmed all the dialogue scenes in French, and then they refilmed them again in English. But there's not a lot of dialogue in it. It's kind of like, remember that movie L from a couple years ago about the woman who got raped? Yes. Well, it's kind of it's similar to that. And Bronson's not really the star. It's about this woman she played by Marlene Jobert, and she's sexually assaulted, and then she turns the tables on her rapist. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's one of the early French revenge films. Well, sort of. It's, it's made in 1970, so it's 50 years old. Oh, right, so, so then this takes place in the south of France, but there's a, a U.S. military base. So Charles Bronson plays this U U.S. military policeman who's looking for a soldier who has gone AWOL from the base. And is this soldier that's missing this rapist? You know, and it's sort of the mystery. Mm -hmm. is, he, is, he, is he or is, isn't he? It's very interesting. Bronson doesn't even show up until about the 30-minute mark. Um, but, I, but like I say, I've been trying to talk Cliff into showing this for some time. He's turned me down a few times. And he said, and, hey, uh, this, I like this 50th year, anniversary. It came out on Blu-ray on the Kino Lorber label. And uh, it had the, both the English language and the French language versions on this Blu-ray. Blu and which are problem, you showing? They're, well, they're, they're showing the French language well, yeah, version. The only problem is it, it, Bronson is the only actor that's dubbed. Ah, Bronson was he didn't speak French. He didn't speak, speak French. He he did learn his lines phonetically, so he's trying to speak French. But they actually but they dubbed said, him uh, with a "Let's French not actor. do this." Um, <laughs> yeah. So I so in some ways I prefer the English language version, but I'd never seen the French language version. It's been impo almost impossible to see since it came out in 1970. It won the Golden Globe Award for Best Foreign Language Film wow. in 1970 when it was released. The French language version was released. And then about 18 months later, when Bronson's popularity as an international action star began to ascend, they reissued the English language version uh, at theaters everywhere, and they with a different marketing campaign, and they played it at drive-ins as like a, this Bronson action movie, which it's not. Um, 
But that's the version you can only find, the English language version is the only language version you can find on VHS or DVD for many, many years until Tina Lorber kind of restored this French language version. And that's what Cliff has agreed to show uh, April 19th in this We'll He's agreed to show because it's the 50th anniversary. Yeah, and, 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 because and nice, you've been a, hounding a nice, it. Yeah, and I, mean, <laughs> I, told, I, I go, Cliff, if you, if, if, you, if you green light this, I will never bug you about the Classic French Film Festival ever again. Until you find another one that you really want to see. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of French films. I mean, they're okay. I well, speak, of speaking of festivals, this week is the acclaimed True-False Festival in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, yeah, we've got a writer, Stephen Tonencheck, who will be sending us uh, reviews all weekend long. So where can people find you, Tom? WeAreMovieGeeks.com. You can find me at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram and on the Intercom family of radio stations in St. Louis and on the Maxim Movies podcast. Lynn. And aren't you on 97.1 some show on the weekend? Every Saturday from 5 to 7 except last four weeks. But I'm coming back in two, maybe three weeks for the weekend report. And I do my uh, movie reviews on the YouTubes with Tony Colombo for the weekend report. So they just play those after yeah, because I, I saw another promo for it, so I wanted to mention that today. He he and I do something, um, and we put it on the YouTubes, and then he plays it on the air. So since I've not been able to be there in person, he's uh, still including me this week. I will review uh, middlingly onward. <laughs> ah, well, I can be found at thetimesnewspapers.com, which is West End Word, uh, Webster Kirkwood Times, and South County Times. And I, I know I, I'm on KTRS every Thursday night, usually 1030 with Ray Hartman. But and you've been going long. With yeah, Ray. about 20 minutes now. We've been chatting up the movies. And then uh, poplifestl.com is my website. And look for Lynn on Tuesday at the prices on the prices right. Oh, <laughs> and, and Lynn's sister. Mostly. And then, well, my sisters, Mary Claire and Julie and I are all wearing purple shirts. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Look for us. Congratulations. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Bye bye.